Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Andy Olson, Brett Behrens here with you to talk another big Illinois win, 96-66 over Northwestern, as Marcus Damask providing the New Year's fireworks. Welcome to 2024, Brett. 30-piece again for him, channeling his inner Madison Square Garden vibes there, Andy. Yeah, that was uh, his second 30-point game of the season, 33 when uh, Illinois took on FAU at MSG, 32 tonight, he does so. I think what's most interesting to me, only one three-pointer. He only he only had yeah. one uh, of the team's 10 in the game, 10 of 18 from three. Not a bad performance uh, after, off of their uh, 13 against uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, but overall, really good team performance once again for the Atlanta. I mean, 96 points after you put up 104 against the Knights uh, to now get to 2-0 and for in the Big Ten for just the second time ever under Brad Underwood. Uh, you and a lot of people thought this was going to be a pretty close game. It turns out yeah. Wildcats never lead in this one. It's Illinois from start to finish. Pretty crazy. They got up, uh, I think it was 8-2 there, and then they continued on, and, and this thing felt over in the first half. I mean, yeah. up by 17, up by 18 at one point in that first half, and and they just continue to put their foot on the gas, what Coleman Hawkins told us afterwards. And uh, they were dominant. I mean, you got to just give them credit for Illinois. Certainly they made shots. Brad said that afterwards, too. It's, it helps when you make shots, right? 35 shots made in the game. But when you get 32 from Marcus Tomask and you do it the way he did it, to play quote-unquote booty ball that Brad says, yeah, that's sustainable in my eyes, right? This team goes 16 of 20 from the free throw line. Um, they get a huge advantage rebounding, 35-24. Those are things that I look at and say, even without Terrence Shannon Jr., if you know, you're not going to do this every night, but they're doing some more sustainable things other than just hitting a whole bunch of threes in the game. It does help, though, when you hit 10 threes. You go 10 of 18 from three, Andy. Yeah, you mentioned, Great the, number. You mentioned the 35 main field goals. How about the percentage from the field? 63% from the field made field goals for Illinois tonight. That, that to me, is everything in this game. And I think you're right that a lot of it is possibly sustainable with the way that they're getting inside. Uh, of course, the 10 threes, like we said, that's very good. But with Marcus working his way inside, Quincy seems to be playing the best ball of his career at the moment and then Justin Harmon able to come off the bench play more than maybe he was expected to today he ends up with uh, 29 minutes that's because Ty Rogers got into foul trouble early uh, ends up with 20 points himself like that those three guys the guys I just mentioned were the three big transfers coming in for Illinois this season and they're the reason why uh, they win this game and get to uh, 2-0 in the Big Ten and like I said the two-point field goal percentage for me obviously you're going to make more shots closer to the basket more than more than likely, and so the fact that they took uh, 38 two pointers in this game, 25 for 38 from two point, 66 percent. That's that's really you good. Take that every single time. Yeah. And you're probably not going to have that Friday against Purdue, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with Zach Eady clogging up the middle. But these are things they can build on. They're finding different ways to win, and I think that's the big thing that stands out to me is that they can make 13 threes, they make 10, and that that helps right I, I get it Justin Harmon goes four or five from three uh and they have multiple guys here one two three four five six guys make at least one three uh but to me I, I really like this booty ball of what they were able to do 
Uh, you've got Domask able to post. You've got Ty Rogers able to do that same thing. And they're making free throws. So to me, that's the big emphasis that I have from early on in the season. Remember, they were shooting 56% from free throws in the first month of the season. And they have God. dramatically turned that around. And if you're going to play two-point ball and you're going to play booty ball and you're going to get fouled, you've got to be able to make free throws. And they did that. And that's a huge thing tonight for me that stands out. I want to get your thoughts on the rotation in this one. This is the second game without Terrence Shannon Jr. Of course, his suspension after he was charged with rape in Kansas. We've gone over that to no end. If you're looking for more information on that or you somehow missed it, we went over it really in great detail in our last podcast in this feed. But there's tons of information between us, all the other reputable online news sources out there right now. That just is what it is at this point. It does yeah. not seem like Terrence is going to be playing with the team for the foreseeable future. So seeing these first two games, how Illinois has come out and the way that they've played has been the most interesting thing to me because it's going to be how they're going to have to play right. for a while. The breakdown in this one, Luke Goody, of course, in the starting lineup again for Terrence. He did the same thing against FDU. The minutes breakdown is where uh, is what catches my eye. It was truly a six-man rotation mm -hmm. tonight against Northwestern where Damas, Garrier, Hawkins all have 35 points. Luke Goody, or 35 points, 35 minutes. <laughs> there you go. Luke Goody, 32 minutes. Harmon, like I said, 29. Ty Rogers, even though he started foul trouble, played 19 minutes. That's everyone that's in double-digit minutes figures. Dane Danger only plays six minutes, or sorry, four minutes. Dre Gibbs-Longhorn plays six Amani Hansberry with three minutes, Brett. What do you make of that, uh, of Illinois just really yeah. giving it to those six guys and then they just let them do their thing? I think that helps when they're up that much, right? Sure. They didn't need a, a huge bench in this game. Uh, look, Dane played well last game, 9 of 10 from the field, puts up 19 points. I, I just think this is going to be matchup based on what they do, but I think that also speaks to how much they can diversify their game plans on on doesn't have to be the same player every single night, and I think that's really positive. Uh, you still see Luke Goody playing 32 minutes, you know, even though he struggled once again, only six points, made one three. Uh, but by and large, Luke's in a little bit of a slump. Talked to with Derek Piper on the pregame show whether he would want Justin Harmon in the starting lineup or not. Yeah, I think Brad likes him off the bench. Certainly a great piece if you're going to get seven of eleven of your shots to go down off the bench and score 20 points for Justin. And I feel like he's really coming into his role, uh, and I think. Brad trusts Luke. Not that he does not trust Justin, but I think he's got the three years of knowledge with Luke. He knows he's going to make the hustle plays, knows he's going to play great defense. But you slim the rotation there, and as you get into Big Ten play, they're going to need more than six. Yeah. But I feel like they're not going to go more than seven or eight at this point. With Terrence out, it's one guy out of your rotation. And uh, I would say seven max with Dane really being the only guy here where I feel like Okay, you're probably going to get a little bit more minutes than that. But, you know, I thought Ty, even though he played 19 minutes, I thought he really disrupted Boo Booey. Yeah. Uh, Booey goes 6 of 14 from the field, does score 20 points, six free throws in there as well. But, like, I thought they took Boo out of his comfort zone. He was frustrated. Got the technical in the second half, and uh, I, I really thought Illinois' length played major problems for him tonight. Yeah, before getting too much into the uh, Northwestern side of things, uh, someone who's also not in the rotation, Nico Moretti. Uh, you guys got somewhat of an injury update. I don't know if I want to say update, but he was taking shots when you guys went in on uh, New Year's Eve. Good work, by the way, Put, putting in the hustle. Yeah, work, so he was there at Ubbin 
Uh, Brad said that was some of his first time getting some work in. Didn't have the boot on, was getting shots up. Looked okay. Like, I think he's got a decent trajectory here to get back. I would say at least two more weeks because then you got to get your legs underneath you. Yeah. Uh, both physically and then also your lungs. Even he hasn't played in what was it? What game did he go down? Marquette. I or thought was it, it the one I after it was that. Southern. I think, you're, I think you're right. I think it was Southern. It's been a while since he's been on the court, done anything probably calisthenics wise. Like he's, it's yeah. going to take him a little time to get back. Uh, but I did think it was interesting tonight that Brad said his point guard Nico Moretti. Yeah, just a little nugget. You know, we'll see. Just just a little nugget. So uh, I think Nico will get a little bit of time once he gets back you know, mm-hmm. in there, but it's also tough. You're in the Big Ten play, and he, and he hasn't played a lot. No. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, speaking of coach speak, uh, to me, as we're going through all of the postgame comments uh, from uh, – you were able to talk with Coleman Hawkins after the game. That full thing is up not just on your Twitter. It's also on com to hear Coleman Hawkins' postgame thoughts in this one. Uh, but it was Marcus Damask and Justin Harmon – on, uh, I don't want to say the podium, at the mic tonight for the Illini. But to me, one of the biggest things that I had heard just in that entire uh, post-game media opportunity was from Chris Collins, who says if he felt like they ran into a buzzsaw tonight. Now, I don't know if it was really Illinois played that well and they had a really good game plan going into this game. Maybe Northwestern, we don't know what they are yet. And they had one yeah. really good game against Purdue, but uh, that comment caught my eye, I think, the most from uh, the, this Northwestern coach, this Northwestern team. Yeah, and look, you lose by 30, you're going to get humbled there from yeah. Northwestern. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, Chris knows. I think he's got a, a talented opponent here. They're going to face Northwestern again in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, crazy. Illinois goes to Evanston. Um, and so – I think the game will be a little different in Evanston. I get the sense. I also think that Northwestern is just kind of an up-and-down team, right? You know, played very, very well against Purdue. I think it was an overtime game there in Evanston. Beats the number one team in the country for the second straight year. Got to give them credit for that. But of they course. also lost to Chicago State at home. Chicago State, perennially, one of the worst teams in, in uh, Division One basketball. And so, you know, I, I'm not like all in here on – hey, Illinois is going to be fine and still a Big Ten title contender without Terrence. But I do think they've shown, Andy, in these last two games that they have enough pieces, they're deep enough, and they're talented enough, even without their All-American candidate, that they can continue to go out and win, yeah. what, 10, 11 games in the Big Ten? Like, after tonight, I'm a little bit more encouraged than that. I don't think Northwestern's a terrible team. I think they're okay. I think they're a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. They're going to win some games that they probably, quote-unquote, shouldn't. Sure. Right, like beating Zach Eady and, and Purdue, they're probably going to lose some games like tonight where you go, that team just didn't show up. Yeah, uh, but I think overall Northwestern's a pretty average team and a very very average Big Ten. Put some respect on Chicago State's name, by the way. Hey, there you go. Kansas State had him uh, had a lead at halftime tonight. They didn't finish the job though. Kansas State came back to win that okay. one. Okay, so it does put does some, does put not, some respect on Chicago State. Does not help. Uh, Northwestern's resume at all still Chicago State probably still towards the bottom of Division One. What does this game tell you about the upcoming top ten matchup in West Lafayette on Friday? That would be number one Purdue, number nine Illinois, and and what maybe the zip has been taken out of it just a little bit with no Terrence Shannon, no All American candidate on Illinois side. 
this is the best we've seen Illinois playing all season, I'd probably say. Yeah, I, I mean, they're consistently playing really good basketball right now. And I think that's all you can ask for going in. There is some little bit of a buzzkill going out of that, right? Like, I was really looking forward to seeing yeah. a, a Terrence-led team in there at Mackey on Friday night. I, I'm not saying that they can't win the game. Certainly, they can still go in there and win. if They make shots like they have here these last couple of games. Uh, but I do think Purdue is very, very formidable. And um, Purdue coming off of a very good win tonight at Maryland. Like, they took care of business and was not an issue for them. I, I think Purdue's still the by-and-large favorite in, oh, in yeah. the Big Ten. And if they do not win the Big Ten, look, they've already lost one game, right? So, Illinois technically ahead of Purdue here in the Big Ten standings, right? But, like, they're still the favorite for a reason. They've got the National Player of the Year leader front runner. Um, I think I saw Zach Eady was, like, minus 300 in the uh, betting space for National Player of the Year at this point. Um, they know anything about anything? Maybe. The betting space? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Just, what do I know, right? So, it, I, you know, why can't they go in and compete? What's the line going to be Friday? If we're talking the betting space here. I just If we're talking the betting space, I would say... Seven and a half? I would, I'm would. i leaning closer to double digits, I think. Yeah? Simply because of the, that it's at Mackey, I think. I would agree. I, w- I could say I could see nine and a half. Sure. We'll see. Uh, and it wouldn't out. surprise me if it was 10. Um, but look, if Illinois continues to shoot this well, now are they going to shoot this well on the road? Who Probably knows? not. Yeah. Mackey's very, very tough to play. It's my favorite arena in the Big Ten. But that's why they play the game, and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Well, scores around the Big Ten, like you said. Big win for Purdue. They win by 14 on the road at Maryland. A team probably not super good this year in the Terps. We'll, we'll see how the rest of their season plays out. 67-53 there for number one Purdue. Uh, and Wisconsin gets a home win against Iowa. That'd be number 21 Wisconsin. Big Put 10. some respect on the Badgers Finally, name, Andy. Big 10 starting to get some teams in the top 25. I think that was the Only biggest three. thing. That was the biggest thing in the preseason for me was the lack of Big Ten teams in the top 25. Remember was, when Michigan was uh, – what's your favorite moment of Michigan be, or Michigan State being a uh, top 10 team preseason? Uh, like the lost James Madison, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, that is an 11-point winner, 83-72. That's all the Big Ten games tonight. Should be a very fun one on Friday, but, you know, we'll have a couple days to speak on this big matchup against the Boilermakers. I think everyone should be excited for it. For me, probably the game of the year so far, at least uh, to this point uh, of the season. And conference play, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think – you could argue that, you know, playing at Madison Square Garden and some of the other opportunities they've had and um, the non-con, but like, hey, this is what you play for, a chance to beat a number one team. Hasn't happened for Illinois since 2013 when John Gross uh, and the Illini took down Indiana Yeah, uh, on that Tyler Griffey layup. Everyone knows it. There you go. Tyler Griffey's one-shining moment. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Like, this is a great opportunity for Illinois. If you go win, then... You're going to be a top five team in the country. Still number nine, right? Like, the amount of times Illinois has been a top ten team in the last 30 years, not that many. No. I mean, this is some great uh, – this, this is a great place to be for Illinois, you know? And if you lose at Mackey on Friday – Do they fall out of the top ten? Probably. I mean, they're probably still 12. Yeah, I don't not think that's far. anything bad, right? No. Like, this, this team is figuring its way. And the thing that I keep going back to is uh, Brad says they're connected – 
They're deep. They're experienced. They've been through a lot of stuff. They're, they're figuring out how to handle this adversity and how to play on a new norm. But instead of like this being some kind of radical moment and, and fork in the road, which it certainly is from the outside, right? They are making this sound like it's very businesslike. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of a fact. Hey, our best player is not here, but we're continuing on. And I think there's some maturity to that that's really impressed me, right? That, hey, this this stuff happened. You got to figure it out. They can't control any of it, right? And I mean, none of this has anything to do with them. They've just got to go out, take it on themselves, continue to practice, continue to work hard. And the results are showing off. I mean, you've got Coleman Hawkins playing his best ball consistently. Now, he's had bigger moments in his career, like a triple-double or putting up 20-plus points. But he's got five straight games scoring double figures. Consistency is the thing we've been looking to see out of Coleman for three oh, years. Yeah. And in his fourth year, he's finally getting that coming off of his knee injury. you got the transfers in here, and Quincy Garrier and Marcus Domask and Justin Harmon, all three gelling and playing well together. Why, you know, I think this team is showing what it's capable of post Terrence Shannon Jr., and that's been really impressive to me. But it takes a whole nother level up on Friday. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how this team comes out and plays and responds. Andy, you're going to be there to see it at Mackey. 7.30 tip. Weird time for it, especially with our newscast schedule. But you know what? We move. We, 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 we soldier on. All right, 96-66, the final. Illinois beats Northwestern. Brett, any last thoughts? Good win for the Illini. Anytime you can get a 30-point win oh, yeah. over a, a Big Ten team, that is something to, uh, to speak of. The largest margin of victory over Northwestern in, since 2008 for Illinois. And they've now won 10 of 11. Over Northwestern. Yeah. Pretty remarkable stuff. I know that the, the, there's no trophy like there is in football for this rivalry, but in Illinois, I think is coming up on, if they win that game at the end of January, I think they'll officially have 100 more wins over Northwestern in basketball. I believe it would be 144 to 44 in the, all, in the all-time series. So doesn't have enough spice when you compare it to football, yeah. but it is certainly good to win over uh, an in-state opponent. All right, if you want more from uh, the Alana and Brad Underwood, we've got his full postgame press conference on our website, YourAlanaNation.com. Go there to check it out. We stream that on our social channels. 7.30, Fox Sports 1, Illinois taking on Purdue. Probably one of the bigger games of the Big Ten slate, if Illinois can win this one for sure. Thanks for joining us on this postgame press conference as we debrief the Alana's win over Northwestern. For Brett, I'm Andy. We'll see you on the next one.